Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found and the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask What's My Thesis. And today, my guest is Adrian Sachs, who I met officially at, uh, what's it called? At It was the High Beam Show, right? Yeah. And the last social gathering <laughs> I attended. Uh, really? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Honestly, not that far off for me either. That was the last like party is a strong word because for everyone being like six feet apart outside in masks, not drinking or eating, but like party like environment. That was the most people I've been around too. Yeah. It was definitely a fun night. Yeah. It it was awesome. uh, It breathed some life into me. And I about, it's actually already been talked about on the show because I had. Oh, really? uh, yeah, do you know um, what's his name? Serge Witron. Uh, we, we uh, he's like part of Museum Adjacent. Mm. Oh, they, cool. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so um, how are you uh, holding up right now? Everything like what, what's keeping you busy these days? I'm You're in LA. But every, I'm in LA. Yeah, and are you an LA yeah. native or were you from originally? No, no, I'm from um, Arizona originally. Phoenix, Arizona. And you are you in school right now, you said? Yeah, yeah. So that's like, this is really good timing because what's keeping me busy is I'm in the third final year of my MFA at Northridge. And oh. so I'm writing my like actual literal thesis, like as we speak, <laughs> that's like due in two weeks and I'm like pounding it out, you know? Oh my God, so, do this well so you're like are you how uh, how confident are you that you're going to get it all done or are you is it still a mad dash to the end it's definitely a mad dash but okay. i i think it's it's going to get done it's going to get done it's like one of those things where you like you know and it's i don't know if other people do this but like when i have a big project you're like okay i have 30 days so this is what i need to do in each of the days but then you like don't do it for five days so then you're like okay never mind never mind i have 25 days and now it's like okay i have um nine days <laughs> but mm. it'll be fine it'll be fine it's it's the stuff it's the same as like this kind of thing where it's like it's just about what I think you know and like my dumb ideas so I'm just like if there's anything I can write it's like my own opinions <laughs> on everything you know <laughs> and art <laughs> yeah I think just that basically opinions anyway so yeah so good so yeah. uh so yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and like, are you? It's all telecommuting now, or is that how it's referred to? Or is that like just a really antiquated term that's in my brain? No, no, I think that's like accurate. Um, okay. But yeah, I think they'll say virtual classes, or like we're doing a virtual show, virtual class, virtual exhibition. It's like virtual, mm-hmm. virtual, virtual, which <laughs> I guess <laughs> is technically true. But I'm just like, you know, like some stuff is virtual and some stuff is just like digital, you know, just because it's on the computer. I'm like, is it virtual? If it's just like a website, I'm like, not to be like persnickety, but I don't know about that. No, I think that that's a fair, fair point to make. I, and like literally yeah. while that, I was thinking that, wait, virtual, how does that even really apply? Yeah. I mean, it's real experiences, right? It's a yeah. real experience. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's um, a different thing in the world. Yeah, totally. So uh, so then, like, um, 
what is the reality of the difference in the Zoom meetings that you and your boyfriend are having? Because <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Well, that's what's great. Did you did you go to art school? Yeah, but not for another. Okay. But okay. I mean, well, same thing, just longer and whatever. But like, just more. <laughs> but it's like the the virtual crit is like really strange where a meeting makes sense, you know, like people have normal jobs and they're just talking face to face and you can see each other's face and like, you know, you and I, this is basically all we need. I feel comfortable having a conversation like Mm -hmm. this now. At first it made me so anxious and it just like felt so awkward. And I think now I've just been doing it for a year and I'm totally adjusted to it. Like I'm fine. But the crit thing is insane, truly insane because it's all about, it's supposed to like hypothetically be about like looking at things and talking about that, but you can't see the things. Like you can show a picture of it or Mm. you could like point your camera at it, but it really does change it. And like this, I feel like is a perfect one-to-one for me, like coming and meeting you like in your studio or some other space, you know, but like Mm. a crit or like art or like a show, I'm just like, Mm, I don't know if it's working, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I'm so glad that I'm not going through that. That sounds yeah. like... Do, do you find that it's like the conversations are then more... Um, like, how are the crits going? Like, is it more defensive? Is it more uh, brutal? Is it like... Because, no. it, I mean, there, it, there's like a distance, right? So like, can yeah. you be more aggressive? Is that, just give me an idea of how it's going in that sense. Mm, without I don't. Naming names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. Where I go, that school, like, it's not in general, like, aggressive or, like, cutthroat or, like, that's just not the vibe overall, which I'm thankful for. And I think, if anything, now, it's one of those things where it's, like, like a lot of people, I don't know if like you've noticed th- this too. And I did it for like, I don't know, probably five months, just kind of like stopped making work or like really slowed it down and was just like, what really are we doing here? Like, is there any urgency to this? And like, I think it's good because it really helped me like re-examine what I was doing and like why. Uh, but then coming back into like a school environment or crits, I think, you know, it's like easier to be like checked out and kind of apathetic and just be like, you know, on a good day, sometimes it's like really hard to be like invested in like someone else's work and listening to them talk about it. (laughs) Sometimes it's fascinating. And obviously you're like very generous in this way, but you know, I guess just speaking personally, I think the apathy can take hold a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I definitely, there's a reason that the show is about not talking about art uh, you know, it's more of yeah. talking to artists about how they think about things as opposed to like, hey, explain something visual, you know, like right. that. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so crazy. It's like my worst nightmare is when you meet someone new who's not an artist, you know, or creative or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what do you do? And you're like, I guess I'm an artist. And they're like, what do you make? And then you're like, oh god now I have to paint some like word picture of like what I'm doing and it's like mm-hmm. like I don't know I guess especially with me it's like I already think this stuff it's already silly 
kind of and like playful and then when you're trying to talk about it you're like okay this just sounds like kind of crazy like I'm the same way I'd rather talk around it because like the ideas are like interesting to me but like trying to give like a description you're like no don't make me do that yeah and I find like I don't know it's definitely an easier way if you if I can't I could do just do show like a show where I show everybody's work on video now that I have the YouTube channel but that's a a weird licensing issue that could get created and then b um it just it's like it's still not the same as like going to actually it's going to do a disservice to it right like you can't really you know I mean I am definitely going to show some videos of stuff but like more as an exercise of like like I think it's different when you're going in and you're like oh hey there's this show going on at this space as opposed Mm -hmm. to I'm going to feature the art of an artist and then we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, this, like when, when you reached out, I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is going to be like pure fun, you know? Um, But that would be like pure anxiety. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it is how it is. (laughs) You have five stars. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Rate and review us, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so hold on, let me let me get a little bit more situated. So, uh, so your topic, I guess, is very relevant to your experience beyond just like you know, like you must be living, eating, and breathing it. Yeah. Uh, so, so what what are we working with? What are we talking about? I know it's like a big reveal. Drum roll. Yeah. Okay. I I really appreciate that, actually, because you were like, you speaking about it in broad terms, and now we get to actually hit it, so go. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to do stuffed animals. Okay, so stuffed animals. I mean, yeah, all right. I I, I can see why. (laughs) (laughs) But really, like, I mean, I tossed around a lot because I'm just like, okay, what is it? I was like, there's a billion different ways I could kind of frame it. And then I'll end up saying, we'll probably have the same conversation anyway, you know, just because like. No, definitely. But no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that like, I've seen what you do. So it, to me, it's not that crazy of like a, a leap. And it's actually exactly kind of in the space where I wanted to go. So tell me Great. why you're just with these. Uh, I, cause all right, I'm going to reveal something here that maybe, uh, completely ruins my career but I still have a bunch of uh, stuffed animals from when I was a kid and yeah. I was dating a woman and she was like this is fucking weird and I was like really like this is like you know my grandmother gave me this and all of that yeah. so first off uh should I be feel ashamed about all the stuffed animals that I have from my childhood yeah it's a good question kind of like ask a stuffed animal expert I'd say no I'd say hard no for okay. so many reasons First off, I have the same thing. I had like, um, for the past few years, like my parents had a lot of, um, you know, like, like old dolls and some like stuffed animals and stuff like from my childhood. And they were just like, you know, I just left it at their house, you know, when I moved and they're like, um, you know, can we throw it away? And I was like, no, don't throw it away. I was like, what, 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 no way. And I kept saying like over and over again, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do like an art project with it. And it's like, they're like, okay, you know? And I was like, no, don't, of course I'd never do an art project with it. Like directly until now, now I like finally did. I had just a huge trash bag of beanie babies, 
you know, the little nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 300 probably Beanie Babies. Did you evaluate its worth? No, because it's just like, Oh, I would no, be so- because I'd never sell it. I never would. No, so I was but like, I, but, but it was, I mean, just more, more about the fact that it had this like market value. Oh yeah. The, you know? No, that's what's so funny too. Cause I've asked them, obviously like I didn't buy them. My parents did. And I'm just like, this is a, this is a lot. <laughs> like this is an investment into the I was like what was the deal and they were yeah. like well like you were obsessed with them like it made you happy and then on top of that we thought that once you grew up like we were all told that these were going to appreciate in value so much and be these collector's <laughs> items so it's like they were like oh this is great like you know like we'll, we'll get these for our kid and then it's also like a get rich you know quick yeah. like investment <laughs> and I was like that is crazy and as soon as I started thinking about that I think I was like okay I'm color me fascinated with this entire thing you know yeah of it's course crazy wait so then how how old were you if you don't mind me asking during the beanie baby craze because it makes uh, me think, go ahead and ask me the question if you don't if you feel comfortable i, it, right, I don't know yeah age reveal make like <laughs> like feels, three like three to ten. Three to ten okay yeah. so so wow man so yeah so I recently saw a picture on like a retro website about yeah. how, or on a retro uh, uh, Instagram that was like, it had a picture of this couple getting divorced and dividing. Yes. Their yes. yes. You see that one where it was going around? Oh my Incredible God. Incredible image. Yeah. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> that's really as good as it gets. It's they're all on the floor of the courtroom. Yeah. So I, it's Yeah. That for you, it's like this nebulous sort of, uh, you know, like mysterious kind of like, oh, I kind of remember this shit. Why do I have all these Beanie Babies? Yeah. 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 Remember that shit. No. So, totally. So you still have it? Yes. And I'm happy to report that finally, like in COVID, like I said, I stopped, you know, really making work for like four or five months over the summer, which for me is like a really long time. And then the first thing that kind of got me out of that like funk or whatever was I was like, okay, let me, let me deal with this garbage bag of Beanie Babies that I have under my couch and like figure out what to do. So now, now I have a, you know, some, some might call it a sculpture. I'd call it a coffee table. I would be straight up and call it a coffee table where I made like a, I got like a plexiglass coffee table sized acrylic case made and now they're all under that and it's in my living room and I've like never been happier I have no regrets about that project so that was good yeah so uh yeah and the other thing that it makes me think about is like how dumb we are and 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 about like economics in general because in the 90s that wasn't the only thing that like you know there was a superman's dead like we just did not understand rarity as a collectability like, thing. <laughs> Every, it's like oh yeah we all have one like it's a yeah. collectible yeah. doesn't have any value so right. to me, but i am kind of curious if you if you went and like and looked at how much they're worth just because of that like you know like totally totally you know, like, yeah there's just, like always in the back of your head you're like is it maybe and like <laughs> I don't know if other artists are like this. Like I'm a hundred percent like this. And I know some other people like this, that a, I feel like a lot of artists are like scavengers, you know, uh-huh. like they're always trying to like find stuff and keep it like a little bit of like a hoarding type thing going yeah. on. 
And then the other thing is like, I'm hundred percent like this. Like I love a scam. Like I'm a bit of a scammer and it's just kind of like, it's an exciting idea to me of like, let's take something kind of like meaningless and stupid and valueless. And like the idea of it, like being worth a lot or valued at a lot or sold for a lot. It's I'm, I'm the same way. It's just interesting to me. I just think it's fascinating. And it's like, Oh, if I can get away with that, like, you know, it sounds, it makes me sound like horrible, like, you know, Mr. Monopoly man, but it's just interesting. Yeah. And so totally I've looked it up and was like, oh, okay. The purple Diana bear. And then you're like looking up the serial numbers and then it's like, you get in too much the nitty gritty. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. But you did the ones that you did look into, uh, you found out that they're not worth anything. No, I mean, honestly, like I did, you know, not a deep dive. I did a pretty like shallow dive into the the eBay economy of these things. Mm -hmm. And it was like more or less, um, yeah, more or less valueless, I would say. (laughs) And like, which is good news for me because I was like, oh, great. Again, hoarding mentality. I was like, awesome. I can buy more. I can make more of these dumb (laughs) things. Like, this is great. They're not expensive, you know? Yeah. Well, it would be amazing if you made uh, collectible art out of uh, Beanie Babies and, you know, like th- they started becoming like actual valuable <laughs> items after yeah. you go through your ringer. You know, um, that's, that's the idea. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. So, and then, but it's not just Beanie Babies in general. Like, do you yeah. like, is there like a thing where you, do you mutilate these creatures and like stitch them together and stuff or? or yeah. Like, yeah. You- so you saw, you saw a little bit. Yeah. At at high beams, right? Yeah. You're so, also before before you answer that, you're also a baller because you left out a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a little yeah, a little psych experiment on the side. Never hurt anyone. I was like, who's yeah. gonna take the twenty dollar bill? No one took it. Yeah. So good so, crowd. So that piece? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, like what's going on there. Like the 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 uh, teddy bears being mutilated and uh, and restitched together, you're sort of like a, yeah. uh, you know horror movie kind of. Uh, I know into- it's it's so <laughs> funny because people like always say that I like had one studio visit you know with an artist very well respected who will not be named here, who was just like, you know, saw those, the kind of like Frankenstein together, like little stuffed animal things and was like, oh, these are really disturbing. And I was just like, ha ha ha, you know, like I know a little bit, you know, and she was like, no, like, I think you need like mental health, like treatment, like Uh, was like dead serious, like was so affected by it. And I was like, oh, I mean, you know, I think, I think I'm okay. And it was like, no, like, this is really disturbing. And I was like, okay, wow. That's the strongest reaction I've ever gotten because when I started doing it um, and here we are, you know, getting into describing things, but like, I like, that was, that was not how I was thinking about it. To me, it's like, I love these things. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in like the like childhood stuff. I'm interested in like why we're attached to stuff. I'm interested in the like collectibles and all of that and it was just like I was thinking about it so much just like the way anyone would think about any sculpture I think whether it's like wood or metal or stone or like you know more classic stuff like that I guess or it's like oh what can I do how can I like change it around like can I 
cut into some and like get rid of some? Can I add some stuff on? Like, and that's what started getting so like, I wasn't like, Oh, let me Frankenstein. And like, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to cut its arms off. And like, it's interesting because to me, like, and I think artists, maybe I've just thought of it. Oh, it's fiber. It's fake fur. This is all plastic pieces, but people have such strong attachments to these things that they're horrified. And that's where it got really interesting. Cause I was just like, Oh, I'm just messing around. Like it's whatever, you know, I'm just experimenting and like, Oh, it's fluffy and furry. And this is kind of like a fun material. Well, but people were like, so affected. <laughs> I guess when I talk in terms of like the actual mutilation part, that's where I, I get a little uh, like uncomfortable when I was like, for me, yeah. like that, when I think about your, the, or the piece, the, the stuff that I saw, like it's mm-hmm. more, it's actually more of like a cuteness overload kind of thing. It's it's not necessarily like, you know, like a, a monster that you're making. It's more of like, just uh, like excessive cuteness, right? Like mm-hmm. sense. it's not, it's not, yeah. necessarily, it doesn't have that like, oh my God, look at this three headed creature. It's more like, oh my God, look at how cute this three headed creature is kind of. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I think about that too. And I, now I've like read, just gone down an absolute reading rabbit hole about like everything cute. Cause it did start to be like so much about that. And like, that was fascinating to me. And there's like all these ideas that like, you know, people smarter than me written about where it's like, that there's like a really fine line basically between cute and monstrous. And like, <laughs> that is really interesting where it's like when something that has like the big eyes and like a tiny mouth and like a huge head, like yeah, like you could be describing something cute. It also kind of sounds like you're describing like a monster, you know? So it's interesting. And it's interesting that people really flip-flop um, between being like, this is so cute. I want to like give it to my daughter and like, oh, this is like scary as hell. And like, you are a disturbed human being, you know? <laughs> like that's a pretty broad spectrum of reactions, but that's what well, makes I- it fun, I guess. As a as a uh, typical dude, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about cuteness. But now that you have me thinking about it, it's actually kind of a pretty. It comes from a pretty dark place where it's like so mm-hmm. that animals don't kill their own kids, right, or eat them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which still happens despite bears being cute and whatnot. So yeah. it's it's actually kind of a dark. <laughs> totally. A dark, <laughs> totally. Not, cute, right? Yeah, I know. And that's definitely like part of the appeal. And like, it's really funny when I was thinking about this just last night, um, I was like stuffed animals. I was like, is there enough to talk about there? And I was like, maybe And I was like, oh my God, you know what I've never even thought about was the way that like stuffed animals are really just like a stand in now for taxidermy, which is actual dead animals that have been stuffed. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, and I was like, okay, I was like, this is this I have to look into. I was like, we're the first like stuffed animals, just taxidermy. Like, what's the line? And I was like, okay, interesting. So weird. Yeah. And and it's also crazy because um, it's like, it's uh, it's pre Disney, I imagine, right? To have like this, um, it's not uh, not anthropomorphic. It's like not anthropomorphizing, but at the same time, it's more, it, it, it's like uh, you're, you're ma- you're taking those hard edges off of a fucking bear. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like, 
something that could actually like it's like cuddly now there's like a control mm-hmm. game there too right where it's like totally. i don't know I that is that for children to like make me <laughs> maybe feel a little bit more secure about the world or whatever i don't know i'm not yeah. obviously trained to make these assessments but as an artist it's interesting to think about these things like that or to just sort of dive into it so anyway and now I feel less weird about having my stuffed animals that's good inter- that's what I'm here for <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah um yeah I I, I so at, in terms of thinking about it as a material tell me more about that like what kind of materials are are involved and like what um you know like what is the stuffing what like what what is your interest in all of that yeah totally um I guess it started out that it was something the anthropomorphization of it all was something that I was first like this is crazy like it has eyes and it has a face and like it's furry and I'm just attracted to it and I've always liked it and I've liked it since I was a kid and I think I actually like was painting for like, I don't know, five years or whatever before I started making more of this kind of sculpture-y stuff recently. And I still do paint, like there's still painting happening. And in painting, I just love color. I love bright colors and glitter. And it's all stuff just from the time in which I've grown up, you know, Uh, I'm 26. And so... I don't remember anything really before 1996. And like, then I feel like when you're a kid, you're just a sponge, you know, like what you're taking in just gets so baked into your brain. And the way that I see things and what I'm attracted to is like the rainbows and the bright color and the glitter. So I made my background kind of, you know, a little, a little vintage, if you will, as that's, that's the kind of thing I like. And I was doing it in painting and just kind of got like, a little felt a little bogged down, a little stale, just for me, because I'd been doing it for a few years. And I just I guess I just got bored. And so then I was starting going out to stores and I was like, well, what's a material, you know, that kind of has those same really fake colors, the really saturated colors, the pastel colors. And like it's not gonna be wood for me or like metal, you know, or marble. Like it's gonna be the like synthetic manufactured stuff because that's already the palette that I like and you know I'm attracted to. And so I started collecting stuff like that. Like I was getting fake flowers. I love that. Like anything plastic. I really love plastic. And um I think, yeah, so it was like a color thing. Plastic. And people started hmm? plastic is separate from the stuffed animals or or are there like i mean because when i think of plastic first thing that pops into my head is like a toy soldier or an action figure uh, totally. like what do we so like that so like little figurines yeah totally like any toys but that's what's crazy about stuffed animals and fiber fill is it really is all plastic you know it's okay. it's not hair it's not like hair and fur and protein even though we think of it as like oh it's fur but those furs and like fibers are actually just like very small strands of plastic, which is weird to think about that plastic can be that way as a material. But I just, I love it. And I was attracted to it. And I was just like, thought, oh, this is great. And then it's interesting because what I started doing, as you were saying, I was like cutting. I just enjoyed that process. And then I was using hot glue, which is again, 
just like this melted plasticky substance that you can use to like rebond the plastic. And it's actually really strong because basically what you're doing is just melting Mm -hmm. plastic, plastic glue and a plastic, you know, second surface and then rebonding it together. And they stay really well, better Mm -hmm. than it would if you were hot gluing, you know, paper or metal or wood or whatever else. So it's, it's strong. And I was like, this is the best way to do this. You know, I thought about sewing it and it is fabric. Like some of the fabrics are cotton, but the fibers are plastic. So it just sticks together. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Wasn't there like a, a, a bear in the nineties? I de- there was definitely a uh, electric blanket craze that ended pretty quickly oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because the houses were burning down. Yeah. Uh, it, I kind of remember that. Yeah. I definitely think that there may have been like teddy bear that was responsible for a few house fires. That was yeah, like... that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's worth uh, it's so weird. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. The hot gu- hot glue gun too. I'm all, I'm really often like this seems just like really unsafe. Like it it's really funny as like a tool because it's like you know it's like sculpture. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm very rarely like in a wood shop, you know, with a bandsaw. Like, it's -hmm. like, I just have like this like tiny little like crafty, mine's hot pink, of course, glue gun. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's like, I've gotten into some like near things. First off, the burns are not good. And I burn myself constantly. My fingers are just like fully calloused at this point. And then the other thing is like, I forget that it's plugged into the wall and it leaves like huge piles of hot glue on the floor. And I'm like, that doesn't seem good. And it's like those cheap electronics, you know, that you're just like, I don't think this was designed to be like plugged in and used at like a high heat for like eight hours, but I'm just like pushing this thing to the limit. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, this is, it might not end well. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Don't pump out my audience, please. (laughs) I know. I know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's that's crazy. So eight hour sessions of gluing uh, creatures together, like for real, like that's how you how, how long you sit in the studio doing this. Mm, yeah, like I totally can, and that's funny because it's like it doesn't happen with painting. With painting, it's like after an hour, I'm like whatever. Like I'm getting a little. I'll like do it and it's wet and I have to leave and I'm just like, okay, but I can just really, it's really meditative. Like one of those processes or whatever that you can just really get in the zone. And like, I totally can sit there for four, six, eight hours. And the other thing that's like funny and works well for me is like many love to watch TV and painting when you're in it, like you're just my full attention. I feel like has to be on it. I'm Mm -hmm. not like looking at other stuff at the same time while I'm doing it. But this is so tactile and I'm really just doing it with my hands and doing it by like feel that it's almost like other fiber arts, I guess, like knitting or embroidery or whatever, where I can totally like watch TV, watch a movie, like have a conversation, like while I'm doing it, I don't have to like be fully committed to it, which makes it easier. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So, so um, can you give me a little bit more insight into like why the aesthetic of like colors bright colors and cuteness like I mean obviously it's something that you're drawn to but like what 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 do you feel like like obviously an artist chooses the things that they want to do so that they can communicate certain things what is it that you want to like get across that like that this kind of aesthetic um because obviously we talked about it it, 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 tangentially in talk in terms of like 
how dark it actually is. There is like a yeah. little bit of cynicism in there. So I definitely see that. But like, what do you feel yeah. about like cheapness? Yeah, I have, I have thoughts for sure. I feel <laughs> like that's where it gets more like political, I guess, for me. Um, uh, that's like the political side the work yeah so you know less less fun and games but basically the way I think about this kind of stuff is that like I'm buying these things as consumer objects at regular stores you know like not art supports art supply stores so I'm really I'm really in the sauce of like consumerism retail e-commerce I get a lot of stuff off Amazon so I like fancy myself you know like maybe some people listening to this or like artists as this, like, Oh, like, you know what I'm doing? It's like radical and it's really critical of society. And like, I hate capitalism and I'm just here to like do my own thing and like make this stuff. But then at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, Oh shoot. Like I am <laughs> not only is like maybe everyone like complicit in all of that, but I'm like highly, highly high key complicit in it and so it took me a while that's what I mean kind of with the reflection to be like really really what are we doing here at the end of the day and I think the more I thought about it I was like okay the reason I'm attracted to this stuff like I'm nobody special at all is the reason we're all attracted to this stuff which is because it's the perfect capitalist aesthetic you know something eye-catching that's going to catch your eye in a store like if there's a sea of beige and white and black and then something is like high key saturated rainbow, your eye's going to go to that. And, you know, that's one trick of how to sell someone something like cuteness is another really weird one, because when something's cute, we like relate to it the same way we do to like a, a baby or an infant or a kid where you want to. It's just hardwired into our brains as human beings for the most part that you want to like pick it up and hold it. And like, we just have like a psychological reaction to it, you know? And then the other thing is that all of these like stuffed animals in particular, but some other stuff that I'm into too, they're objects that are meant to comfort you. So kind of just like all the other great capitalist hits, uh, alcohol, tobacco, (laughs) you know, slot machines. There are things that like, when you're having a bad day, probably because of your like job and your boss that you're over, it's something that you can turn to. And the idea is that it's going to make you feel better. What's like interesting to me is that I think it used to be something that people were stuffed animals. You think kids childhood that you're buying it, you know, primarily for your kids, but that's where like this starts boring out into like some other things I'm interested in, because I feel like a lot of those properties of like stuff being furry and shiny and glittery and rainbow has like started like trickling down into like other objects and like becoming um, an aesthetic that like here today, like I think it started in the nineties and it got like more accelerated in the two thousands, but like that's the reason I'm buying this stuff is just because I see it everywhere. And it's like, I'm at, I'm in line at Walgreens and I'm buying, you know, like regular household stuff. But then it's like, there's a big bin of like, you know, rainbow plushy cutie rhinoceroses. And I'm like, what's that doing here? Like, that's crazy. And it's just like, it's so weird. And like, I guess most people are buying them for their kids, but it's like, 
weird when it's in the context of just like beer and cigarettes and condoms and like Ritz crackers. And then it's like, why do we have this bin of this here? Like it's such like an essential need and it's just because people will buy it. And then not only is it those, it's like the, then it's like the t-shirts, like clothing where it's like, okay, now I'm going to have clothing that's like, looks the same, like rainbow, fuzzy, furry thing that has like a slogan that's like, I'm a unicorn and I love mermaids. And it's like, it's, it's just, it started like, I just started seeing it everywhere. And it's totally one of those like crazy person things where (laughs) it's like, people are like, oh, I see the same number everywhere I go. And I'm just like, I see like rainbow unicorn stuff everywhere I go. And some people are like, oh yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. And some people are like, like, do you like, are you sure? But yeah, at this point I'm totally just like looking for it. So I see it everywhere. Yeah. I bet it is everywhere. And I just like kind of gloss over it. Yeah. It, yeah. What is crazy though is that like, like it's not, I, I don't feel like I'm getting a sense that you're into camp so much for the sake of camp, right? Like it's it, like, or tackiness for the sake of tackiness. Like there is an aesthetic like uh, consideration, even your background. I mean, it is so fucking 90s, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's cheesy, but not tacky, you know? Like there's a distinction, right? Is Am I wrong yeah. here? Okay. No, I don't think so. And like, yeah, that's the stuff. That's the more like, again, to get to get deeper. That's like the more like theory based stuff that I'm interested in or in like or philosophy based stuff is like aesthetics where like people will write and talk and lecture until the cows come home about the beautiful and the sublime. But there's like kind of infinite aesthetic categories that I think are more interesting and more relevant today in like 2021 to be talking about and whether that's you know camp some people will say is not an aesthetic um so that's up for deliberation but like cute or quirky Mm. or I have been reading like really great stuff about like gimmicky and like interesting and zany like those are things that it's like okay yeah let's talk about that like what is that like what is that quality really what does it represent politically what does it represent just in like everyday life? Like that's the stuff I can like really just like nerd out on, you know, forever. Cause it's really interesting to me that it's like a high, low thing where people don't talk about it. No, definitely. Well, so tell me about, is there anything specific that you think people should know about gimmicky? Like since we've been talking about just one book that like is fantastic that everyone should read. I can like hold it up. We're at my desk. So I have like right stacked beyond my laptop is like, let's see. I'm one of those people that's always reading like 14 books at once and they're all on my desk. And <laughs> it was funny. Like my boyfriend was just in here helping me like set up um, very nice, nicer webcam lighting situation, which is highly appreciated. Um, and he's like, your desk is giving me so much anxiety because <laughs> there's just like books and like pens and like crazy there's craziness happening you know here and behind the background and we're just in a little moment of virtual oh, peace yeah. um but it. anyway it is book, so the the background then I didn't realize the effect that it was having <laughs> yeah it's it's nice because otherwise it would just be like really what's going on behind her I feel like, like what's happening okay this is this is the book that I would put you know 
oh no, the background, <laughs> it's betrayed us. <laughs> the background's bringing chaos. Oh, anyway, let me see. Anyway, again. I'll, okay. Let's try it one more time. I might have to just, I might just have to do it the old fashioned way by speaking, but I wanted like a visual pure chaos. It's called theory of the gimmick. gimmick? Um, And then the subtitle is aesthetic judgment in capitalist form. Bingo. Um, It's, it's really, really, really cool. And this is my favorite writer theorist in general right now. I don't know how to say her last name. I've never heard it said out loud. I've only read it. But mm-hmm. Cyan Nagai, okay. N-G-A-I. I wish I knew how to say it, but I don't. Um, so good. And I'm still, I'm still in the middle of it, so I don't even want to talk on it yet. But it's like the same thing. I feel like all of her writing and like a lot of the other stuff that I'm interested in too is just picking apart from every angle, you know, what's gimmicky. And gimmicky, I think, is like really interesting. And I'm so excited to keep reading the book. Because that's one that's like, it has a negative connotation, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not cute, has, I think, a positive connotation for the most part. Sometimes it's like used against, um, it, I think it can be like weaponized basically, yeah, but yeah. gimmicky is like straight up negative. When you call something gimmicky, it's like, oh. And that idea is like really interesting to me where it's like, just the stuff like I've read, it's, I've, these are not my ideas, it's all from the book. I'm just like, the idea of like a shortcut and cheating and I think that is like really relevant to like art and artists like again I was talking about scamming (laughs) like I think scamming leads to a gimmicky aesthetic (laughs) maybe and um the shortcuts are interesting but that's like always what we're doing it's just like taking random materials not not random um but like maybe maybe from the outside and then trying to manipulate it in a way where in the end it's like greater than the sum of its parts you know Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Interesting. No, it definitely is. Yeah. It's great. Thank you for sharing all of this. This is like pretty, <laughs> I, you know, I've never given so much consideration to some things that are like, I mean, they are definitely what, uh, uh cuteness, like, as you say, it's definitely weaponized. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things is that like, there's like a protectiveness that comes inherent in cuteness like you want to protect it you want to you want to keep it mm-hmm. safe because yeah. like the world is so cruel <laughs> mm-hmm. totally in a sense and so there's like a projection mechanism that happens there as well it's like yeah. i really should have spent a lot more of my life i'm 40 now and i've like never even yeah. really just given this much thought to this, this is fascinating it's crazy yeah i i think it is too and i feel like it's kind of nice because it's something that i've like butted up heads with you know the art community as a whole I feel like already which again to me is just fascinating because I I like there's a part of me that likes getting a little bit of a rise out of people so as soon as people like have a strong reaction I'm kind of like ooh, what what's that all about and I love to like faux psychoanalyze people so as soon as someone starts kind of having a reaction I'm like this now this is good this is this is rich um but I felt like already it's like just as like a young woman in the arts already I think there's maybe perhaps a slight you know penchant towards not taking young female artists seriously young femme artists even amongst so many other groups but just speaking from my experience and 
I already felt like, okay, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm making this really serious work, I was doing like oil paintings. They were not glitter. I was like doing like realist painting and like figure Mm. painting. And it just felt like no matter what I'm doing, no one's really taking it seriously. So that kind of, I feel like gave me permission to be like, well, what's the ultimate thing that someone would not take seriously. And it's perfect because it's like my genuine, like aesthetic (laughs) and interest anyway, you know? So I'm like, I know more about it. I'm more comfortable talking about it. I'm more interested in it. And it like, that's, that's where I feel like things started like clicking for me where Mm. I feel like that's like good advice in general for everything in life. It's just like, don't try to be someone you're not. And I'm just like, I'm a 26 year old girl who was like raised, you know, in like, I don't know, like a a mid-sized city in the nineties and early two thousands. That's who I am. That's all I know. So why try to do something else? Sorry. What was that? Did you spend spend time at the mall and whatnot? Yes, totally. Huge, huge mall rat. Very specific experience that's dying out. So like, you know, I know that there's important to that importance. Like there's like a, a, um, a documentation of, uh, of a generational thing that's like dying out, you know? Which, yeah, totally. And the mall was something that killed the mom and pop store. It's just like this, like crazy. Right. There are right. layers to all of it. If you just kind of like look a little bit underneath the surface. Totally. And that's like, that's the mall. It's like, and like the dead malls. I'm like fascinated by that kind of like, you know, like light ruin porn type of thing. Um, <laughs> but it's like, always been important to me that my work doesn't start like veering into nostalgia especially Uh for like capitalism where it's like nostalgia like as a general like feeling I totally understand and like yes Mm -hmm. I feel it all the time and it's like yeah a lot of this stuff is totally implicated in it because it's stuff from my childhood and like it relates to like the way I grew up and everything else like but (laughs) it's like we don't need to be nostalgic for like the mall you know so to speak like this was like a space where everyone was like bought and sold things, but then it's, it gets complicated because it's like people had real experiences there. They had friendships and like relationships and like your life was there. So like, yeah, it's a, it's not a pure space. It's not a church by any means, you know, not Mm -hmm. that that's maybe a pure space either, but like, it's interesting. Like I feel that tension a lot where it's like, what exactly are we being nostalgic towards? And I feel like, maybe that's where like the impulse comes in a little bit to like deconstruct things physically and make it like a little bit like weirder or ickier or like more off-putting where it's like, I don't want to just make these like shrines to like mm-hmm. <laughs> the nineties and like Y2K and like how awesome and amazing it was like, because it wasn't like, it wasn't for me personally. I don't know who it was for. Like I'd imagine not most people like, country hasn't been working for most people for a really long time. So like, it's important to me. And I think about that all the time. And I think that's where I'm like, okay, I I welcome like the like darkness and like shadow kind of stuff into the work because it helps it not to just be like my worst nightmare would be like, Oh yeah. Like everything's like rainbows and butterfly and sunshine. And like, I think that is like one read of the work, but I think most people like at the end of the day are like, Oh, it's kind of (laughs) creepy. I mean, even just the, the, I think that like the, wasn't there in the one that you had at the, at the high beams, wasn't there a thing where it was like, 
a dog, like a, a group of dogs, but that were just like one massive blob. Like, I mean, I think those things are, are kind of like, I think that having that being the off-putting element, you know, where it's not really off-putting, it's kind of cute, but it, 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 uh, I don't remember exactly the aesthetic of it, but I do remember just kind of thinking about sort of, um, just like, I, I, I yeah, I, I think that, I think that that's a valid thing to say about your work. I don't, I think that like, there's definitely something there that it's definitely overtly about capitalism, right? Like in the sense that I, I, I didn't get nostalgia from it. I actually got like the sense that I was like looking at the newest, latest thing, right? Like the, mm. oh my God, this is the newest, cutest fucking thing and every kid needs to have it, yeah. right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Space more, like obviously right now you have the 90s thing and because we're doing it, you, you know, to some uh-huh. degree, like performative for this conversation and that's totally fine like i really appreciate that i like uh i like the th- that element of it but no i i definitely agree with you in the sense that there's not a feeling of like um being precious about it it's more it's cuteness it's predatory cuteness it's almost like it's aggressive it's like it's it's like uh it's not um there's no like uh vignette around the picture you, you know like it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's like shiny and new so I think that that's interesting. I, uh, um, you know, it's like, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, man, this is really fascinating. I really appreciate you coming in and schooling me on, on, uh, <laughs> on this side of capitalism, because it's something that you'd like, you know, you just kind of see and you take for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, totally. but- you don't realize how sinister it is and now I have another thing to just be cynical about <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I know I'm just like here to crush everyone's like childhood oh, attachments no. and dreams I mean, yeah that same like getting a rise out of people's streak too like you know yeah. I definitely I definitely don't want to say the thing that's not going to upset people just because it's going to upset people uh, yeah if it, totally you know, I definitely totally. I definitely don't want an audience that doesn't feel comfortable being challenged for sure you know, because yeah, then, totally. then you say one thing and they're like, oh, my God, you're fucking canceled. It's like, no, man, like the world is a lot more complicated than that. Right. Like, you know, not that I go around saying things that would get me canceled, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I feel like that's where like I have I have that streak, you know, that likes to get a rise. But it's been really good for me, like as I've gotten older to try to channel it into criticality instead of just like mindless you know yeah or just like being critical is so much more interesting than being like offensive or making like some like dumb joke that's like not thought out and like being critical is so much different than being hurtful or violent you know much less violent so I feel like that's always where my focus is and that's like what keeps it interesting is like the little bit of like yeah like fuck the system but like it really is about that like it is about a political project like it is about stuff that I really believe in and then underneath all that it's like (laughs) I feel good and like sleep at night because it's like you know I know what my beliefs are and it's like criticality is like a powerful tool for trying to mm, shed light on things, which I think is one function art could have and making people think differently. Like that would be great. Just even very, very slightly. I still think it's exciting. And then like, if the end goal is like 
yeah, critiquing capitalism, which is basically like a system that I think is like really, truly violent against, you know, me and all the people in my life that I care about and the world as a whole. Like, so it's like, that's, what's interesting too, is like, I feel like we were touching on it for a second earlier where sometimes people are like, well, are you being ironic with this stuff? Or is it like sincere, you know? Um, And it's like, that's a really interesting question because, you know, I I know what I think and like those beliefs, you know, that I just spelled out like that's sincere. That's as like sincere as I can be. Um, But I think it's interesting with cuteness, like as an aesthetic or some of those aesthetics that aren't necessarily welcomed with open arms by the art world all the time. Um, It can come off as ironic because it looks out of place. It's unexpected. Both ironic and sincere. Mm -hmm. Do you say the goal is? No, I said, why can't it both be ironic and sincere? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't understand the idea of it being mutually exclusive by the person asking you this question. I think yeah. that it's, I think it's fair. You can be sincerely ironic. <laughs> right. Right. I think that is like totally the groove that I um, yeah. fit into I feel, probably. That's probably closest to the truth. I think that there's uh there's some element of like, like uh, where I, I relate to with your, your practice is that um, I think that like, uh, th- I like to bring things into people's attention that are maybe not things that are upsetting, but in a way that doesn't necessarily burden them. You know, like the yeah. I, mm-hmm. like three ideas that are relatable to everybody of like the modern experience. It's not even, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like you're not even like rooting for necessarily a particular team. You're just like railing against capitalism, right? Like, because sometimes political art can be like in service mm-hmm. of like, you know, like, let's say, let's go with uh, the Hope poster, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in in support of something. But like, um, but yeah, I, I think that there's like a, a sense of like commit, commun- connecting on a human level with somebody is uh, is really interesting where, where you get to the sense that they like, they can have fun while they're having like a really painful thought. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, totally. I think that, that's, that's where kind of humor is, is really uh, helpful in, in getting mm-hmm. that. I definitely relate to that element of like what, what, uh, what you're into, like in terms of just like, I mean, you can talk about heavy things and still have it be fun. And I think that like, mm-hmm. that's something that it seems like um, elevates the work rather than makes it like, uh, you know, not acceptable to contemporary art, which, which, which like, you know, who the fuck is like, there's so many problems mm-hmm. with it as a concept anyway. So, right. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. it, it's all done. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, totally. It's definitely not pro any of that notion. So I really appreciate yeah. it. I think that, that you're, you're, you're bringing some really interesting stuff like that. I like, I, I think, uh, I think if your object, objective is to surprise people with smart things, like you have, uh, I was not prepared like uh, to think about this hard about uh, stuff that I hadn't thought about before. So thank you very much. I mean, this is like yeah. fucking really, really uh, smart shit. I, uh, I mean, not that I'm surprised that you're smart, but not everybody comes with the topic of like simple as like teddy bears or stuffed animals. And then it's like, 
I'm going to also blow your mind a little bit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I just appreciate, like, I truly was so excited because it's just like, you know, I don't get to talk about it often either. And it's, that's what's something that's interesting about being an artist or writer Mm -hmm. where it's like, for me, it's, it's my 24 seven. This is like, I don't really know anything about anything else. This is the only thing at this point that I feel like comfortable talking about. It's everything I'm reading, everything I'm watching, everything I'm doing, everything's affected by it. It's all, I wake Mm -hmm. up thinking about it. I go to sleep thinking about it. Like that, I think, and I didn't necessarily expect that. Like art has just like swallowed me up in such a way where, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe it's part of just the way my brain works too. I think I'm a little bit, um, like attention deficit, I would argue that a lot of people, you know, my age or people that spend as much time on the internet as I do, or maybe grew up that way. And it's just going to become more so I think are like that where I'm always looking at and reading and thinking about like a hundred or 200 things at once. And I, it's like, it's ended up being kind of like generative and like good for me. I used to feel really distracted, but more and more, I feel like as I can like draw the lines and connect the dots between everything. I'm like, okay, I'm not freaking crazy. Like everything is like related in some way, you know? And it's just an interesting project to like sit around and think about how it's all related. What generation are you? I Uh, guess I'm a millennial. You are, you are a millennial. And do you remember a time before the internet? Like, do you remember? I mean, it's, it's fine if you Mm -hmm. just remember the early times of the internet, but yeah. Like 96. I don't remember a time before the internet. I okay. remember one of my really vivid memories is like um, the first house I remember being in as a kid. So I was like four and five. Um, my bedroom was next to where my dad had his like computer desk set up, um, like was on the other side of that wall. And so like, I remember going to bed at night, you know, like whatever, eight, eight thirty. And I'd be laying in bed trying to fall asleep. And I would hear the like, the dial up internet sound. Cause like, <laughs> you know, like my parents had put me to bed and then we're getting on the computer and going online. And it was so incredibly loud. I don't know if it was just like synced to our speakers or something, or if everyone's was that loud, but in no, my memory, I'm... it's like burned in my brain, the exact tones. And I would hear it every night and be like, what? And I remember always like, I think I like asked a lot of questions as a kid. I was that kind of kid. Cause I remember like over and over and over again, coming out of my room and being like, what is that sound? And my dad being like, it's the internet. And I was like, <laughs> what? You know, and it's just like already, you know, I was five and I would lay in bed being like the internet, that's the sound of the internet. And just like oh, wheels turning, you know, that's what I remember. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. And I just, I didn't understand it then. Now it's like hilarious. And I remember, I remember too, I remember the first camera phones. I remember another memory with my dad. I remember him reading Time Magazine while we were eating breakfast. And he was like, look at this. And it was like a picture of the first camera phone. And he showed me a picture and was explaining it. He was like, it's a camera attached to a phone. And I was like, whoa. And he's like, this is going to change absolutely everything. And I remember being like, it's a camera attached <laughs> to a phone. <laughs> like, okay, okay. And, you know, here we are. That mm-hmm. for years, I was like, 
I remember the first one. I remember you saying that. And I've like, why, why do you think that? And you'd kind of go on about it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you know, here we are. So I remember all that stuff. I remember going on the internet on my phone for the first time. I remember a girl in high school was checking her grades on her phone. And she was like, what'd you get on the math test? I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll look when I get home on the computer. Mm -hmm. And she's like, just, just use my phone. And I was like, what? And it was on the website. Yeah. First like iPhone, like that. I like, Um, I don't think I knew iPhones had the internet, you know? Yeah. I remember the first iPhone. I was, uh, I was dating somebody that was like living in a different town and she had just gotten one and I was visiting and it was like yeah. the it was it was so efficient at texting that like I completely lost her <laughs> to the yeah. phone. <laughs> yeah. And I it's and now it's like a given, but back then it was just I was like, I'm I'm sitting next to someone who's not here, you know? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really fascinating. And yeah, it's it's shocking to me sometimes that like I think, like, I don't really think that much about the internet, you know, like the internet, and it doesn't even come into my work that much. I think sometimes like when people are like, oh, you're obsessed with the 90s Y2K thing, you know, like the internet and totally, it's all related, you know, somehow, but it's like, I think I take it so for granted that I would never think about like examining it. What I don't take for granted is like capitalism and like shirts that are like rainbow furry like shine i'm like what is going on but the internet i'm like oh yeah the internet's the internet (laughs) it's here it's weird yeah all right well i guess we'll wrap up there was something that you just said that kind of made me want to ask you a question but then i blanked what was it fuck um i don't think i'll be able to remember which is a bummer because i was like Wait, what? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember when I watched the tape over again, and I'll be like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, but, it'll it'll be good. We can we can talk anytime. I would love to." Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely want to have you back. Uh, it's it's crazy just to listen to. I that, I love like these intergenerational. Oh, okay, now I remember. Thank fucking Yay. god. You brought up Y two K twice, and you have an obsession yes. with it. Like, let's yes. do a little that before we wrap up okay like because that uh i don't yeah. even remember how insane that is uh unless yeah. everyone's to remind them <laughs> yeah you think about it and you think about it and you're like oh what mm-hmm. yes Jump. Silicon. Yes, i am obsessed with it for sure i'm totally obsessed with it um i was six years old in january 1st 2000 yeah. so it's some of my earliest like vivid memories and my parents actually had like rented a cabin um, far out so that like we were going to go there for the, for the Y2K experience, you know, cause they didn't want to be in the city. They wanted to be far out in the forest. And I remember asking a ton of questions, so many questions about yeah. why we were going to this cabin, what was going to happen, what's the danger. And I think they didn't want to scare me, you know, about what was like going on, but then it's like they weren't giving me enough information. So it just made me like more and more curious, you know? But the Y2K thing, it's like, I think now why I'm so obsessed with it is, you know, I guess this is kind of niche maybe to like people, maybe it's like my age, maybe it's, you know, girls 
femmes. I don't know. But basically, like, Y2K as an aesthetic, you know, does this make any sense to you? Mm-hmm, kind like, of. Yeah, it- like, where it's, like, basically, it's cool now. I would say trendy. Maybe not cool, but it's trendy to, like, dress as if the year is 2000. It's, like, an aesthetic to, mm-hmm. like dress and present yourself that way and do your hair that way and do your makeup that way and dress that way and maybe have that kind of furniture instead of your house that way like so mm. that's already interesting that like a time period as recently as 21 years ago is now an aesthetic that's one thing and that's like the difference between like you know as I said I'm a millennial this is more of like a uh, a gen z thing so maybe people like five years 10 years younger than me um who don't remember it. I was six. So they either weren't born, maybe one, maybe two, they don't remember it. And so that's, what's fascinating because already you can see how it gets like divorced from the historical context that we're referring to as Y2K as an actual event and like news cycle and like cultural phenomenon, not the aesthetic of it, which is basically like what celebrities were wearing on the red carpet at the same time but all of the meaning has gotten collapsed into just being y2k and uh-huh. no one even knows what it means anymore and that fascinates me that's, that's it uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know for people that don't really know or weren't paying attention like there were books written that were like mm-hmm. it was a book by uh kurt anderson called the turn of the century which was kind of like written, it was written a few months into the future and released like uh, right as the, like it was all about how the world was kind of gonna end, it coincides with it. Like, but um, but yeah, it was basically, there was like a Nike commercial about somebody going out and jogging as the world is falling apart outside. <laughs> it was like a big fucking deal. And the whole premise was that when programmers started making computers, they, they didn't put like the full date. They only put like, uh, you know, 08, 09, 010, you know? And so uh, the whole world was supposed to come collapsing down and it fucking didn't. And it's just like, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it, but it, me, <laughs> but to me, it's just so interesting because it, 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 it still goes to show like we give uh, so much credence to these tech giants as, they, as if they have like as if they're geniuses like Zuckerberg like he's some kind of fucking genius he just kind of stumbled into like selling people's data he didn't even really yeah. have a plan and he made an IPO and then eventually that's what it became like these people don't know what the fuck they're doing they're all they're all Gen Zers which I'm like the last uh, uh, year for Gen Z but uh, or no Gen Xers which I'm the last generation uh, or year for that but like they don't fucking know the world like they they just think they do and so like it to me it's crazy when they just do things like oh this guy's a genius he disrupted the market like no he exploited people like that's fucking not new mm-hmm. <laughs> you know jeff mm-hmm. Bates, uh, uh what's his name uh so it, to me it's it's crazy like just it's more about ceding to power i think than to actually like acknowledging that their intellect it's like well fuck mm-hmm. they're in charge now so we gotta call them geniuses yeah but, so anyway why piece you, of mind 
<laughs> I know it's, I'm glad, I'm glad we tacked it on because that was, that was one of the things I was like, I was like, maybe I'll come on and say the topics Y2K. And I was just like, no yeah. stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, no, I'm not going to show anybody my stuffed animals. <laughs> running away to go get it. <laughs> yeah. Keep the mystery alive. Mystery, But I have, uh, I can tell you one of them's name beach, Bum, and we used to call him Beachy Bum. And then my Aww. sister has a stuffed animal that has seen more of the world than like most humans, which is like wow. a very, very privileged uh, thing to say, but like <laughs> tragic. But yeah, we have a, a, a teddy bear. His name was Teddy. And oh my, uh, gosh. my dad uh, used to pretend that uh, Teddy would beat him up. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. they are. There are like, I mean, Teddy is like a character in our family, even though he's totally. like, so, totally. so it's like that. It's like yeah. a picture of a loved one kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, do you have any stuff that you want to promote? Other no. than your, 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 uh, uh, Adrian, uh, sucks, right? At, uh, yeah. At Adrian underscore underscore sucks. You're such yeah. a young person. <laughs> yeah, that that I am for a few more years. It's it's the time is really you know coming to I'm, an end. But I was like, man, I wouldn't even want to project that out there. How yours sucks. Like, there's so many people <laughs> probably already do think that. <laughs> yeah, no, but if I say it, no one else no, can. So yeah, it's part of that like tr that that sort of like get a rise out of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like the contrary in you, Adrienne. So yeah, it's Adrienne underscore sucks, right? Underscore underscore, yep. Uh, and then underscore underscore at the end, okay. And then yeah. uh, your website? Yeah, it's um, my name. So it's www.adriennesocks.com. You're, you're, you are definitely old enough to say www still. www, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it. We love the world wide web. Yep. And then we're at what's my thesis on Instagram, Twitter, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you can uh, subscribe to us on uh, YouTube if you want to see Adrienne's beautiful background that we've been talking about all day. Uh, this is so exciting. I didn't know it was going to be on YouTube. So, <laughs> I thought this was all just for you. And now. Oh, no, this is, you're, you're nailing it. This you, is great. This is great. What a pleasant surprise. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. I, Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye.